podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout looking ahead to the second FPL game week of the season. Um, this regular video and podcast is all about finding low owned and under the radar gems that FPL managers are ignoring who could score big. Uh, we were due to finish dead on start dead on one but we me and Tom were, were having a good old natter about the deadline day shenanigans but we will um, come to that a bit later when we talk about our teams. Um, just before I just before I go on about um, what what this show is and um, why it's a little bit different this week because we're talking about the captaincy. Um, Tom, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Joe. Yeah, um, we were just speaking before. We we both had good starts. I got 79 points, mm-hmm. so feels like we're in a good place after couple of months of deliberation over certain players but um generally the the template picks did really well um and it's just good to have fpl back isn't it mm-hmm. some great games over the weekend um yes especially especially like sunday with um brentford against spurs and then chelsea against liverpool was was brilliant yeah. and uh and of course Brian. newcastle villa not so much um, and brian <laughs> was the key, key result defeating yes. the mighty yeah. luton um, so Luton were exactly yeah. as we thought they'd be. And Brighton are, are Casado who? <laughs> they, uh, yeah. they're, they're picking off where they started. Um, and I believe that they're, they're now busy signing more um, 12-year-old gems from around the world that uh, Chelsea will no doubt spend another quarter of a billion pounds on <laughs> in a few years' time. Yeah. Um, okay, um, before we get stuck into the show, I'll just uh, explain what this show is about. It's usually uh, goals imminent. Um, and so we usually get our crystal balls out to try and predict who will score or assist in the game week via our goals and assists imminent tables uh, in the members area at Fancy Football Scout. Um, for those who don't know or are new to the show, these look at players with strong stats who are perhaps being overlooked as they haven't scored or assisted in recent matches. So they're essentially due a goal or an assist. Um, but um, while we wait for those tables to percolate, because we haven't, we they they work best with four weeks worth of data, and we haven't got that yet. Um, we'll still look at low-owned potential gems in this show. Um, plus, uh, we have a captaincy decision to make. So whenever we've got a captaincy decision, we sort of switch focus uh, to that, and because uh, usually it's basically Captain Harland goodbye. Um, so this time we've got a bit more to say about that. We'll also reveal our game week two transfer plans, and we will take questions you have at the end of the stream. So have a think about those uh, and post your questions uh, live in the chat. Um, um, my name is Joe. I think I forgot to introduce myself, uh, and of course, um, obviously joined by Tom. There we just been chatting too. Uh, yeah, I got eighty-seven points this week, um, and. Um, nice. And I got Madison in because uh, I had a bit of spare money and uh, uh, elevated Chilwell um, from my bench to the main team uh, because John Stones, who I originally had in, um, went. But with more about more about those changes later. But basically, yeah, lots of players did well. And I think most scores I've seen are generally around the sort of 60 
to 90 mark very good if you got around 90 and 60 is fine i think i think there's not mm. much in it i think someone posted some score very similar to mine and i saw their rank i mean we're not even ranks are just meaningless at the moment uh, so i'm 128k and i'm not going to be that <laughs> soon because i'm not going to have a week like that every week and um some guy who's like two two or three points below me and it was massive difference he was like barely oh, in the yeah. top million i think yeah don't even look at your rank yet for a few weeks yeah. i think it's um yeah it's just way too soon and like you say everything is so condensed at this stage in the season yeah even if you've had a bad week um you know it's it's, it's game week one we're coming up to game week two it's um it's not even worth getting worrying about at this stage no um just before we move on uh, welcome those who are joining us in the live chat some from around the world which is good that'll be handy when we have our deadline day rant <laughs> a bit later or yeah. i will <laughs> uh john uh, martin he's watching from sydney australia welcome fpl gem uh, gary uh, let's talk vinyl nelson uh, field fpl uh, nick um uh, and many more thanks so much for joining us do remember to press that like button uh, if you like it just press it anyway if you even don't and uh, do remember to subscribe if you're not already uh, that way you can keep up to date with all our latest content uh, uh fancy football scout um okay last week we looked at super subs um and um i'm just going to give these a mention really because we were talking about extra extra minutes in the matches because the referees are clamping down on time wasting and so we thought, well, these super subs are going to get more time. And uh, we did well. Niketia got, he got more time. He started. <laughs> uh, he was one of our super subs, but he started, did well, got a return. Ferguson, uh, good to see him there. A super sub, super sub again on the score sheet. He's really good. Um, looking, for, well, no, I'm not looking forward to Chelsea bidding for a quarter of a billion for him. But um, I guess we'll accept that. Um, but a uh, few years time, really. They're probably a bit short cash after we've, raided them for over the last 12 months uh i'm a brighton fan by the way obviously <laughs> um okay um yeah tom the extra time i mean did that did that transpire did we indeed get some extra minutes in games yeah i think we had five matches which um exceeded 100 minutes mm. across the weekend um so obviously yeah it made an impact i think the most was in the newcastle villa game which ran to 107 obviously there was a lot of goals in that one not for my team which added some on tyro ming's got this serious injury as well which is going to keep him out for a long time so um they were kind of key reasons behind that um, but yeah, like you said, Ketia and Ferguson got on the short, short score sheet. I think we had Alvarez too on that list who got the assist. Um, yep. He he actually he actually started though. Yeah. And we'll talk about him a bit later. But his minutes expectations have probably gone up a bit more yep. now in light of KDB's injury. Yeah, I think um, what we do, we do on this show, uh, we we'll come back to that when we've got a bit more data, when we've maybe got at least four weeks data, because um, last we're going by last season super subs, but. I mean, already the super subs are starting, <laughs> so uh, yeah. we need to assess who this season's uh, subs are and 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 who is super amongst that. Um, uh, welcome, by the way, to Uber. He's just Uber. He's just joined us in the uh, chat from Nigeria. Another from another uh, time zone. Great stuff there. And FPL Bateman has joined us from, as he puts it, exotic Swindon, um, home of my favourite band XTC. So uh, welcome to FPL. Bateman, uh, aka Marcus. Um, okay, we have 
a captaincy decision to make this week. Um, well, especially for those that have Salah and Haaland in their teams. Uh, I don't think y- you do and I, I don't. So no. it's quite tricky to get to. So for those without Salah, the, the decision is probably quite easy. But for those with Salah, there is a decision to be made. Um, so we're going to see if we can help those people. And also um, those that want to get Salah in, maybe use some hits. Maybe, maybe this will be for you. So let's have a look at the worst defences um, from game week one. Small, small sample, but, you know, put it in there. Uh, obviously, just one opposition there. Now, Tom, you can help with this as a Villa fan. Newcastle's expected goals conceded was going on for nearly two. They, in fact, conceded one. So that would indicate underlying stats. Their defence isn't as good so far. Um, and Bournemouth uh, expected goals because he just won, and they did indeed uh, concede one, but they were against West Ham. So Newcastle against Villa, what did you make of Villa um, as an opponent? Is this a fair judge of the of, of the Newcastle defence? Well, we were really poor. I mean, more more defensively than anything else. I mean, we've got we've got injuries at the moment. Obviously, Mings came out, but the whole left side of our team has been ripped apart. Buendia's out, Alex Moreno's out, Jacob Ramsey's out. So that had an impact. We decided to persist with this high line, which Emery wants to do. But obviously when you've got defenders like Conza and Torres, who haven't played together much at all, um, it felt like it was a bit naive. And uh, obviously Isak and then Wilson completely ripped us apart. Mm. I think New, I think Newcastle's defense is is good. I think um, we created chances. I think Diaby looked good, but um, they proved. You know, this is just a one game sample on that that screen, and they proved over last year um, how good they are defensively. So certainly the fixture to target. Um, I said, I think is 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 the Bournemouth one okay. here. Um, obviously, that's the the easier fixture. I mean, I think that um, Bournemouth are quite a difficult read, aren't they, Joe? Yeah. Because um, they've got a new manager who is a very front foot approach. I think they had sixty three percent possession against West Ham, which would be expected. They won't have as much of the ball at Anfield. I think they conceded twelve shots. Um, they lost 9-0 last year at Anfield, of course. Now, I don't think we're going to be seeing similar scorelines to that, but, but Liverpool played very well in attacking periods at Stamford Bridge, and I think I'm going to expect them to score probably three, four goals at the weekend, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I think the Manchester City-Newcastle game, um, on the face of it, because of the attacking assets they've got, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this. And I think Haaland will score. But then, mm. but I think there could be a lot of goals in it and Haaland may not score because there's so much um, attacking uh, um, uh, attacking assets at Manchester City. Less this season than, you know, there's no Gundogan anymore, but they've still got, you know, the likes of Foden and um, Grealish can, can certainly chip in. Um, Alvarez and, uh, uh, looks like De Bruyne and, 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 um, and Rodri too. And Rodri on Friday's well. so, performance. So they are they mm. are certainly stepping up. So I do think there will yeah. be goals. Just whether Haaland will be involved, you would think so. Um, and the Bournemouth Liverpool game, um, yeah, I mean Bournemouth, uh, I think could be. I mean as we saw with Wolves against Manchester United, um, I think they could be better than we think they are. I think a mm. lot of people have earmarked this. So I think if you've got Salah, you've earmarked this to captain him. But um, is he necessarily the best captain? I don't know. I mean, there's lots. I mean, we're talking about attacking 
assets at, at Manchester City. What about Liverpool? I mean, they have got yeah. Jota, Darwin, um, they've got um, Diaz, uh, Gakpo, and of course Salah. Um, and they've got some good good attacking mids now as well. So um, Salah came off at 74 minutes. So what did you make of that? I mean, he, he had a strop on. Yeah, he, he did. And that just goes back to your point that Liverpool have got a lot of options. I think he was actually replaced by Harvey Elliott or Ben Doak. It was one of the two. But Klopp said he wanted fresh legs. They were getting overrun a bit in that second half. And you can see why he did it. But it does highlight the amount of options. Gakpo was in midfield at the weekend and then there was three attackers ahead of him. They still had Darwin Nunes on the bench who came on as well a bit later in the game. But I saw enough from Salah in that kind of opening period to, to feel quite confident with him. He hit the bar. Mm. Um, he got a great assist for Luis Diaz. Yeah. Really nice pass through, which showed his kind of creative side, um, which has maybe become a bit more apparent in the past couple of seasons. And he had the goal ruled out by VAR as yeah. well. So so this could have been a mega haul at Stamford Bridge yeah. for, for Salah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, he was taken off early, but he if you had to pick one attacker who's going to start against Bournemouth, it would be Salah. Mm. And, yeah, may, maybe earlier substitutions or slightly earlier will become a bit more commonplace mm. this year for him due to the volume of options. He's 31 now, isn't he, I think, Salah. So that that could happen. But I certainly, I mean, if you're looking, if you're going to pick a Liverpool player to haul this weekend, yeah. I think defensively they looked a bit susceptible at Chelsea, which is why I'm not so keen on Trent Alexander-Arnold, but it's going to be Salah that you pick in yeah. a tag. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I sort of earmarked this, this fixture as one to... Um, like go out for <laughs> not be around yes. for as a non-Salah yeah. owner because it is it is quite nervous it was very nerve nerve-wracking listening to the uh the last game um but nevertheless yeah. you know a shot on the bar is a shot off target you know so he wasn't hitting the target yes. and his assist it, but yeah his assist I mean he could get four or five assists I mean his assist potential looks yeah. really good yes absolutely yeah um so I think my kind of take is if you've if you've got Salah this weekend, I think you captain him. Yeah. But let's not pretend that Haaland is in a really good play too. I mean, Haaland at home last year at the Etihad yeah. was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think he scored 22 goals and got seven assists at home in about 16 starts. Yeah. You know, he is about as reliable as it comes. Um, I did look at the, I remember the match between City and Newcastle mm-hmm. in Manchester last year because I captained Haaland and I can't remember, he wasn't a match. Quite a few people deviated that week, I can remember. Um, I think it was in the Saturday early kickoff, and it finished 2 0 to Man City. Mm. Harlan just got four points. He got an assist, but he yes. got booked as well. Mm. He had two shots in the, in the box, and I think City created 1.34 XG. And what I would say is Newcastle's midfield did look pretty good against Villa mm. with Bruno and Tonali and Joe Linton. So this won't be an easy game for City. But, it, it, you know, if you don't own Salah, Haaland's the one to go for. And I still feel confident going for Salah this weekend. Uh, sorry, sorry for Haaland this weekend. Yeah. I think he can get something out of it. I always expect him to deliver in a home match regardless of opponent, really. I do. I mean, I think, I mean, the real winners will be those with Salah and Haaland. They will be the most captained. Salah's ownership mm-hmm. is around 25, 30%. So with effect, mm-hmm. I think it is around that. But with effective yeah. ownership, it's going to be much more. So you're looking at over 50%. Haaland's 
uh, yeah, he's still going to be hugely captained. Um, so you're yeah. you're still essentially betting against two Harlands if you don't own, but only one if you do own him. So you're missing out on those captaincy points from Harland, but hope you're hope that you're banking you're going to get more from Salah if you own both. Um, let's have a look at let's compare um, the stats between the two. Just some simple stats here um, between Salah and Harland. Um, so um, Harland actually comes out worse in three out of these four categories. So Salah he uh, uh, as the benefit of being cheaper, twelve point five. Um, and Haaland's 14 million. Um, in terms of expected uh, XG, expected goals in game week one, it was only uh, only 0.28, so 0.28. Still good, but not as good as Haaland's 0.57. So Haaland is a goal threat. Is I mean, even against Burnley, I think he only touched the ball twice and he scored from both of them. So he he's double the goal threat of Salah, but it's expected uh, assists for um Salah is 0.31, very good. Uh, expected assist for Haaland, pretty much zero, 0.05. So if you're looking, as we are, in terms of trying to get FPL points, if we think Salah can score, perhaps not as many as Haaland, he can make up for that with the assist potential. Um, and then that will, you know, if you get enough goals and assists, that's going to build up the bonus. Uh, and there we go. So I think... In terms of looking for a haul, this could be, uh, if you own Salah and Haaland, I think it is, as you said, a no-brainer to go for Salah. Uh, the opponent, Bournemouth yeah. at home, uh, Newcastle at home for Haaland. So once again, Salah's better than Haaland, um, looking at that metric there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I am quite nervous. Also, he, he when he came off in a strop, I, I, know, I know exactly what. He'll be asked a question, Klopp will be asked a question at the press conference, and he'll say... Um, even though he hated it, he will say, I love it. I love to see that drive and aggression in my players. And what he really, you know, really means is yeah. he was really rude. He already it? said, he, yeah, he already said that, I think. Oh, after was the it? game, he was, yeah, he was questions about it. And he, and he said exactly the same. Yeah. He said, I wouldn't be happy if um, a player came off and was hugging me, especially a goal scorer in a match which yeah. was poised at, um, uh, you know, in a close scoreline. So, um yeah, and I think looking at those stats, I mean, the Salah goal, which was ruled out, wouldn't be included in that XG. Yeah. No. Um, so that would bump that tally up. Yeah. But, but Haaland is just so clinical. But I always think with offside goals, and they shouldn't be concluded because they're, they're no. scoring a goal that goes against the rules of the game, which this guy's been Absolutely. playing for. 15 years no, of his I life. Agree. <laughs> so, I, no, I completely agree. I mean, it was a very fine call and that I was just kind of adding a bit more context into it I suppose but no I completely agree they shouldn't be included yeah. in that um but Harlem was just covered the match on Friday he was so clinical I mean he touched mm. the ball again minimal amount of times <laughs> but just you feel so confident when he gets the ball and that is what he does you know he's, he's very you know in the in the in the community shield he didn't have a shot and he only touched the ball what was it something like 13 times in the game and um it wasn't much more than that against yeah. um Burnley but he got those two chances he scored them both, and um, I think I'm right in saying it's the late kickoff on Saturday, isn't it? The 8 p.m. kickoff on Saturday night, that City game. So um, yeah. that always, just from a mental, but that always feels like a nice match to captain somebody yeah. for Saturday night under the lights. Um, and maybe there'll be more goals. You mentioned it then, Joe. Maybe there'll be more goals in it than we expect in this one. Maybe yeah. it will be end to end. Um, there's a lot of quality and attack from both sides. Newcastle with obviously Harvey Barnes on the counter now. 
players like Isak, Anthony Gordon's looking looking like a better player than when he first arrived. So we might be looking at a three-two or something like that. And um, if they're going to score two or three goals, Haaland's probably going to be involved yeah. in in some form. Well, yeah, I mean so. exactly. If they if they can score, so if Newcastle can score twice in the first half an hour, say and Man City are 2-0 down. Man City are going to have to go for it. They can't just sit back. They can't use the tricks of the trade to to sort of, uh, you know, outpass the team. They're going to have to score lots of goals. So that's why, you know, I hope for Haaland um, there. Um, someone left um, um, a question in the uh, in the um, uh, live chat. We're going to answer all the questions um, at the end, um, but I will ans- answer this one now. Um, because it does relate a little bit to Salah. Um, it's from Chisel Planet. Uh, I have a Jota and five million in the bank, but want to spread the funds. Um, but worried, he's got five million in the bank. It's amazing. <laughs> um, if he will get benched for Darwin, or should I just go uh, for a Jota and Diaz, or go for Salah? So basically, he's got he's got the option. I'm just going to praise what he's just said there. He's got the option to get any Liverpool attacker he wants. Uh, keep ones he's got or move on. Um, so um, I think if you've got five million in the bank and you can afford to get Salah, just get Salah. Just swap him for whoever. Whoever you've got in midfield, Salah is the best midfielder this week. And then you can move away from him. That's, that's That would be my, my take on that. Yeah, I think... I don't think you can captain with any certainty, anybody else at Liverpool bar Salah this weekend, because it could be Darwin, it could be Jota up front, Jota could be on the left, Diaz could play, Diaz might be benched. Yeah. We, we we don't know. So if you want a captain a Liverpool player this week, I think it's it's yeah. in attack, I think it's got to be Salah. Yeah. I suppose when you're kind of pondering that move, it depends what you want to do with your team longer term. Don't just make a decision yeah. on this week. Um, if you don't want Salah over the next four or five game weeks after, then I'd probably advise not going for him, captaining Haaland and then spreading the funds, which I yeah. think you mentioned in the initial yeah. question. But um, it, yeah, it really depends what you want to do. I don't like these one-week decisions where you just bring in Salah and then you use a transfer to take him out again yeah. next week. Um, but he is the one from Liverpool that you want, really. Yeah. Um, and, and, and over the weekend, we had confirmed... <clears throat> And the strange sight of seeing Kane not in a Spurs shirt, in the Bayern Munich shirt. Yeah. So Kane's out of the game now. So basically, you've got Salah and Haaland as the two massive heavy hitters. Um, KDB, who's arguably a little overpriced um, as, as he gets a bit older. Um, not, not, not his talent, it's just in terms of injuries. He's, even he has yeah. brought that up um, with extended time. Yeah. And then you've got, say, Son. But on current evidence, James Madison is a much better option there in terms yeah. of FPL points. So the 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 strategy that so many of us have, have, have decided at the beginning of this season, spread those funds. Haaland, you've got 86 million, spread those funds around, get your Rashfords, your Madisons, your 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 Fernandez, uh Sackers, etc. etc. And Watkins as another. These are you know, it all adds up and you can have all of these players. And this is why so many people did so well with with a range of different players, because so many players, you know, got seven points, nine points here and there. And so I think that strategy is sound. So I wouldn't deviate from that strategy if you've gone for that. If you've gone for the strategy of two premiums, Salah and Haaland, you've got to stick to the plan. Um, because yeah. you know, why if you can't captain Salah at home to Bournemouth? And you've yeah. and you've basically 
pretty much gone against the template in order to do that. You've missed out on a few of those other sort of mid-priced midfielders in particular. Then you got to do it. You got to do it. So um, yeah, yeah. And if you own if you own Haaland, the damage isn't quite so bad. No. So say if you captain Salah and Haaland scores a brace, then you are getting half of those points. Yeah. And you might, you know, the swing might only be ten points or between Salah if he blanks and Haaland. But I just I don't see I don't see either. I certainly don't see Salah blanking this weekend. And and Haaland at home, you always expect him to return as well. Um, but I do think that the 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 size of the hall probably could be bigger yeah. for Salah in terms of um, he could approach 20 points in this kind of game couldn't he and it would be surprising if Haaland did that against Newcastle of course it's possible but um, well, I think maybe I think, you know Salah has the better fixture I think the old yeah. fear around Salah is gone because his ownership I'd be yeah. very surprised if his ownership tops 100% for the effective oh, ownership yeah. no, it so it'll be well yeah. below that so it will do yeah. some damage to your rank but you just got to you got to bet on Haaland doing more damage and yeah. whoever, whoever you've got instead of Salah so say you've yeah. got Bruno Fernandes instead of Salah Bruno Fernandes penalty the Salah premium is gone for those yeah players. and there is and there is the thing as well that we touched on there are a lot of attacking options at Liverpool and, and there isn't just one talisman there anymore I don't think it would surprise anybody if it was um, Jota or Darwin if he starts and comes out and gets a brace and maybe Salah is is getting a getting an assist or something. It's not like a one a one player team there. There's a lot. The goals might be spread around more this yeah. year. Um, Salah's of course of course he's going to do well, mm. but in certain in certain match scenarios it might be that other players haul and it isn't Salah. So yeah, um, yeah I think yeah if you haven't gone with Salah. You, me included in that, We've just got to um, dry out. Go to a garden centre on Saturday yeah. night for the best. I think, yeah, so. thirty-eight weeks. Um, yeah, it's just one week. Um, okay, uh, let's move on. Um, so uh, we're looking at um, low-owned gems. I've gone for an ultra differentials table. I'll put this up on the screen in a second. Um, I've capped it at five percent owned, but Alvarez um, has got five point two, so I've sneaked him in. Um, but all the others on the on the list who I um, removed um, because I, I sorted it by expected goal involvement, non-penalty, um, were, were like at least six, seven percent starting getting on for more than that. So still a differential, but not ultra differentials. I think Ferguson was next on my list that I cut out and he was about six point five percent on something like that. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, he, a great differential um, and a great super sub, as we said last week. So this is the ultra differentials table I've got. And this is only based on one one week, game week one. So we're going to get some crazy names in here, uh, like Neil Mapay, for example. And But they, they're all 5% or 5.2% or under because I'm putting Alvarez in. Um, and and as you can see with the cost as well, they're all between five million and six point five. So these are these are really these are really easy to fit into any team, and these are really handy if you want to downgrade an expensive player, um, a more expensive player. And I've sorted it by non-penalty expected goal involvement. That's what NPXGI means. Um, so Neil Mapay's at the top. Um, I, I I have highlighted. Um, for those watching, uh, all of those that I think are interesting in blue, um, yeah. so we'll come to them, and I'll I'll, I'll say it's highlighted uh, for those listening to the audio version. Let's start with Neil Mapay, one point three percent ownership, rightly so, um, five million. 
uh, highest non-penalty expected goal involvement of the weekend in game week one. Um, yeah, we're ignoring him, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, they just couldn't score, could they? No. Played okay at the weekend against yeah. Fulham. I think Pick, Pickford owners got a bit unlucky with that one, but um, they, they faced Bert Leno, didn't they? You, yeah. um Collected a ridiculous amount of saves, but he, well, I don't think Mopey is the long-term solution there. I don't think he'll be in the team for long. I think once Calvert-Lewin's ready to start playing, which might be a while, but I think he'll, he'll, he'll start playing ahead of him and, um, yeah, moving on, I think. Uh, okay, and moving on, we've got Neto. Um, mm-hmm. Neto, Neto was a, a, a thing pre-season last season, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah, yeah. People, people aren't going there again. 0.2% owned. Um, mm. Nevertheless, surprisingly... Um, Wolves very attacking against Manchester United, five point five million, yeah. um, and second best non penalty expected goal involvement. So he is a real classic for the goals imminent video, um, a real ultra differential. No one is considering. Um, no. Could be. Um, you're probably not considering him, but is he worth sort of monitoring, perhaps? Yeah, he played. He played well. Um, as did Wolves as a unit. Neto was down the the right hand side and. Um, he looked really lively. The fixtures aren't there for Wolves at the moment. I think they've got to play Brighton, Everton, Palace and Liverpool next. So get that run out of the way. And then when the fixtures fall kindly, I mean, everybody was really down on Wolves before the season, weren't yeah. they? But they actually had a, they actually had a good pre-season under Lopetegui. Obviously, they've switched managers. But on last night's Everton uh, evidence, you know, O'Neill mm. stuck to that same blueprint, stuck to the same players. It looked really good, I thought. So um, Wolves as a whole, I think, are a team to monitor. Um, Definitely. Um, next name, um, Edward at Crystal Palace. Mm. Nailed on. He's the, he's the main starter for them. 2.1% ownership. That's because Ez, I think Eze is, is getting on for nearly fifth of the game, have him. Mm. I, th- I can't remember what it was, 16%, 20%, something like that. But, you know, mm. very well owned. So people have gone for Eze, ignoring Edward. Um but non-penalty expected goal involvement, uh, the best under these 5% uh, lads, um, 1.15, um, costs 5.5. Um, if um, you want to move off Pedro, if you've got that sort of set up in your team, Edward um, is one to monitor. Or perhaps yeah. if you want to downgrade, say, Watkins to a cheaper player, a striker who's going to start playing for an attacking side, which which is surprising for Palace. Um, then you can use that money elsewhere. Um, but yeah, Edward. I mean, I think I think he is a, an option. I I can see him yeah. in my team at some point. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I think that um, it was Sheffield United they played, but they've looked good generally under Roy Hodgson since he came in. Mateta's there, but I think Edward is the one that Hodgson likes the most. And I think if you had to pick a five point five million striker in the game right now. It would be Edward and probably Cunha after last night's showing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Edward is probably a bit ahead. Um, didn't do too well last year, but in this this Palace team and with Eze creating, and um, I thought Jefferson Lerma looked really mm-hmm. good at the weekend. Yeah. So I think there's quite a lot to like with Edward yeah. actually. Um, he's certainly been a player which I kind of noted his performance at the weekend, and I'll keep a close eye on him over the next few weeks. Um, Bobby Dickadoyve De- 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 Reed. 0.2% ownership for Fulham, 5.5 million. And the, the fourth best amongst this group here, a non-penalty uh, expected goal involvement of 1.15, same as Edward. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a super sub to consider though, isn't he? I mean, he's probably not going to start, or will he? 
he sometimes starts, he's sometimes on the bench. I think they've got a few injuries at Fulham at the moment, haven't they? But they've got really tough fixtures. I mean, they've got Brentford, Arsenal, Man City in the next three. So, um, yeah, and, and, I mean, I did have a look at Andreas Pereira pre-season. He was obviously carrying that injury from last year and... Um, he could be a player. I know he's had a price rise from from the four point five million days, but he's another player. Um, it just there's a little bit of uncertainty with Fulham with Mitrovic, isn't there at the moment? Yeah. Will he stay? Will he go? Yeah. Raul Jimenez has come in. Um, I think he could be a good signing for them. But yeah, um, midfields are pretty competitive at the moment, so finding space for for most of the players on the list will be tricky. Although there are a couple of names a bit lower down who, who, who may be a bit yeah. more interesting. Okay, um, Solanke. Uh, only 3% owned, 6.5 million, uh, non-penalty expected goal involvement of 1.12. Um, he, um, we know he's got pedigree of scoring. Um, I can see him scoring against Liverpool. Um, I think yeah. if, if he's in teams, um, and I think when when Bournemouth's fixtures improve, um, I think he could be someone that we could consider. 6.5, that's very affordable. Um, mm. So Solanke, perhaps not now, but yeah. definitely a player to consider this season. He was actually in my draft on Friday morning. Really? And I didn't go. Wow. Yeah, yeah, which was a bit. It was one of those players in pre-season that I thought could do well, and the fixtures are obviously bad. But I did think West Ham at home and maybe Liverpool away, who have looked a bit vulnerable defensively. But then after that, it's a tough run. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But I'm, he's a player which I really like. He'll be on my team at some point this year. I'm certain of it. And um, I don't think Bournemouth got a penalty last year. But when they when they eventually do get a penalty, we're expecting him to take them. I think Bournemouth will be a better attacking team this year. And, um, mm. yeah, I really like Solanke. He'll, he'll be another really good low-priced low, option, low priced option to, to consider. Um, uh, next player I can, is going to be a template pick. He's 3.8% yeah. owned, 6.5 million. There's a lot of 6.5 million midfielders around, for example, Matoma um, and Bomo, um, who people might want to move on from at some point, um, especially when Newcastle's fixtures turn. This Harvey Barnes, of course, yeah. non penalty expected goal involvement of 1.07. Um, he's only 3.8%. He looked great. Newcastle looked great. Even as a sub, he looks great. They've got so many players on that wing, though, haven't they, <laughs> Newcastle? Yeah, there's competition, isn't there? But he's a player I always really liked at Leicester. Mm. He takes a lot of shots. He isn't always yeah. the most accurate with his no. shots. But if you're simply looking at stats, it's always quite nice to see. He regularly gets five, six shots yeah. in a game. He's so direct. If he could add a bit more, a few more assists to his game, he would be a really good option, yeah. um, as in like an all-rounder. But he's got that goal threat. I think I think they played Brentford at home in game week five. So I think a lot of people will go to Newcastle then, or they might wait till game week six when I think they go to Sheffield United. Yeah. But yeah, he will be a big, big player in FPL at certain time points this year. Um, absolutely, yeah. So it's it's good that we're we're going through these names and their ultra differentials. But we've already said that players like Edward, Solanke, yeah. Barnes, we think they're going to become options. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's really interesting to go through this player by player. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, Pascal Gross, four point one percent. Everyone's gone from a Toma. Uh, March, in fact, scored. People have ignored him, but mainly mm. because because uh, he was injured really at the end of last season during pre-season. So there was a bit of um, uh, lack of security of starts, maybe. But I think he will start now um, every game. And Gross, it, wherever he plays, he played in midfield. James Milner was at right back. I actually, 
um, I'm part of uh, Emma Jump the Waves uh, sort of army of, of guessers, fans who guess um, uh, team sheets. Uh, I actually had Gross at right back and Gilmore to start in midfield. Okay. Um, but it was, in fact, Milner at right back. Gross was in midfield. Um, so wherever he plays, he's still on set pieces. He's still involved. Um, you know, he's still going to get, he's still got assist and goal potential wherever he plays. 6.5 million, uh, 0.96 um, 0.96 non-penalty expected goal involvement. He's still got it, basically. Um, so he's a player to go for. Perhaps if you've got Matoma and you want to stick with Brighton and Matoma gets injured or something, Gross shouldn't be discounted. If Would you still, out of Brighton's midfield, is Matoma still the one, Joe, ahead of Solly Marsh, do you think? Or? I've always said, I've always thought that they're the same. <laughs> They're honestly, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, because Solly March does have goal threat and assist potential. Matoma has goal threat and assist potential. Both of them have been told by Deserby to to to, to aim for a fifteen goal um, yeah. record this this season. So I think they're both very similar, and I think people are put off March because he was injured at the end of last season, and I was. And because Matoma's a a Japan international, you know, he looks amazing. He's got that amazing thing where he just slows down and just suddenly like bursts away, cuts inside um, in a a blink of an eye. Um, You know, March is seen as a sort of a sexier pick than March, but they're both both good. And I think Gross is good. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. Whichever one you've picked, they're going to be involved. Um, But I, 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 that place in my team, I spent a bit more on Madison. So I didn't go for a 6.5 yes. because I also went for Pedro. So oh, you I, haven't got Matoma, haven't you, Joe? No. I didn't. Oh, okay. No. So I've, I've sort of spread the money out a bit more and I've got Pedro, who is on penalties. That is now confirmed. Yeah. Every other penalty player on the pitch, Gross and Milner, were on the pitch. Pedro took it. Um, he's going to get a lot of penalties. The way he, the way he moves, him and Mat- Matoma as well. Um, I think it was, uh, and maybe Andy Martin on Twitter was pointing out that there will be a lot of penalties for Brighton in that mm. game against Luton because um, the way the way Brighton play, the way Luton defend, and the sort of players you've got in Pedro and Matoma, they're just gonna they're gonna get fouled in the mm. box, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't own I don't own a Brighton attacker, um, so it's quite a nervy watch on Saturday. Yeah. But um, they all look they they all they all look appealing. We yeah. put um, we put Solly Marsh in the differentials because we thought, yeah. looking at his ownership yeah. compared to Matoma, yeah. the the stats don't show there is that much of a discrepancy. And Solly Marsh had played Valicano the week before, got some minutes, mm-hmm. so we put him in and. Uh, it kind of paid off, yeah. but I, I, I expect if they get similar minutes, they'll probably score quite similar across the season, I, won't they? I think they will. It's all going to just down to minutes. Just mm-hmm. If they're on the pitch, they're going to do well. I mean, this this game of the weekend with the Wolves is going to be interesting. Wolves look good attacking-wise. Brighton are good attacking-wise. They've both got certain frailties in defence. Um, uh, although, the, you know, the goal that Brighton gave away to Luton, I mean, uh, Lewis Dunk conceded that with a handball but by virtue of him not able to surgically remove his arm in yeah. time yeah. um so i you know that's one of these things. but i think there could be some goals in this uh game here so mm-hmm. um let's move on to tonali he looked good as well 2.7 percent uh owned uh that's going to go up 5.5 million 0.73 he's he, he strikes me as he's one of those players that when newcastle's fixtures improve he's a good price He's going to be very popular in a, in about three or four game weeks. 
And people will look back on this season with uh, maybe he'll get seven, eight goals, seven, eight assists, and look back at 5.5 and think, wow, he was cheap, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I suppose he could have a similar impact to maybe Bruno had when he mm. came to Newcastle. And I think Tonali at AC Milan was more of a holding player, but he seems to have a little bit more freedom in, in the house system. It's kind of one of those attacking number eights. Super nailed on. He yeah. was everywhere against yeah. Villa, wasn't he? And 5.5 million. Um, there's not a great deal in that price point mm. once you drop, drop below 6 million. So, yeah, when the fixtures... I mean, I suppose it's do you go for Tenali at 5.5 or do you find a bit extra and go Harvey yeah. Barnes? And I do think that Harvey Barnes will outscore him, mm. but it's what you do with that one yeah. million and how important it is. So I wouldn't write him off. He's one of those players which I don't, he might be more of a, um, I don't like describing it, but maybe more of a casuals pick because he looks very good on the eye mm. test and stats guys might kind of rule him out a bit. But yeah. Playing in that Newcastle team in good fixtures, a lot of the ball is going to go through him. And so I, I wouldn't write him off completely no. at 5.5 million. No, well, I mean, non-penalty expected goal involvement of 0.73. So he's on this list. He's one of the best low-owned uh, gems that we have in the game at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I th- uh, when when wild cards start coming around or when people, you know, any time between sort of game week four and eight, that kind of time, um, often... A, a five million, a five point five million player is the one that unlocks the plans because there's price rises. Um, in previous seasons, we've seen um, uh, Fraser um, at Bournemouth, now at Newcastle, yeah. not playing really. But when he was at Bournemouth, he was exactly that player back in the old days. It was Jason Punchin for me. But there's that those kinds of budget picks that are attacking midfielders. Um, or, or, or a very, you know, attacking number eight um, can can be the, the the key to unlock those things. So, yeah, I'm not ruling him out. Um, mm-hmm. So, Edward Barnes and Tonali, so far, the ones I've highlighted as very interesting. I think they're going to be of, of interest to a lot of teams soon. Alvarez is the next one who's also highlighted. 5.2% ownership. There's an injury to Kevin De Bruyne. It looks like Alvarez might get the nod in that role. I don't think Foden... Is getting that nod sort of in that sort of number 10 support strikery type role. 6.5 million, uh, non-penalty expected goal involvement of 0.72. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. those that perhaps started with him and Haaland, you know, they yeah. they can probably count themselves quite, um, not fortunate, quite, quite clever. Because <laughs> um, yeah. uh, uh, last season was it, Alvarez used to come on, didn't he, as a sub for Haaland. That was his main role. But now he's actually starting as an attacking midfielder. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good option, especially with De Bruyne out for a few weeks. So I think we'll see a lot of Alvarez as that more attacking midfielder and then maybe Rodri alongside Kovacic or something like that in, in, you know, in deeper roles. So I think that Alvarez could be really, really interesting. £6.5 million striker. There isn't isn't loads of competition up front at the moment. I think a lot of people will be looking at Nicholas Jackson after his performance at the weekend for Chelsea's fixtures. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking to come off 
Chao Pedro and you're maybe 0.5 short or something like that, then Alvarez is given City's fixtures, I think they're really good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna briefly mention the next four because um, I haven't I haven't highlighted them. But if you have anything you wanted to say, please no, please step in. Hawang at, at Wolves, um, 0.1% ownership, uh, but a non-penalty expected goal involvement <clears throat> of uh, 0.68. Decore uh, uh, Everton, uh, 0.67 and a non-penalty expected goal involvement, 0.2% ownership. Alanga could be interesting, I think. 5% ownership, the, the Manchester former Manchester United, well, current, but he's, I think he's on loan at, at Notts Forest, but look quite lively, 0.61, 5 million. He could be uh, the key to unlock um, some future wildcard plans. Uh, Awobi, uh, Everton, 0.9% owned, uh, 0.60 non-penalty expected goal involvement. And this is the guy that I want to mention, though, Awanyi, um, 0.7% ownership, really low owned, 6.5 million. I thought Forrest looked good against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked good yeah. when he came on. Everyone thought thought he was injured um, but uh, before, but he, he came on 0.5%, not sorry, 0.57 non-penalty expected goal involvement. Um, he plays Sheffield United next. Um, I think if 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 anyone, um, uh, this guy's going to probably be in your differential picks this week, maybe. Yeah, potentially. I always like to go for those. When you've got a good fixture, Morgan gives away as the obvious pick, so yeah. then go for the other attacker as the differential. Yeah. That's the way it kind of normally works. Yeah. But um, finished last year, really last season, really strongly, didn't he? I think he scored in five matches in a row now, going back to the tail end of last year. I, 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 and uh, the last player to do that, I believe, was Dwight York at Villa. Jeez, was it? Yeah, <laughs> OK. Blast from the past. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and they... They, that counter-attack, um, which involved Alanga as well at the Emirates, was brilliant. And so, um, yeah, I, want ease. I mean, he feels maybe like he's 0.5 too much. Yeah. I don't know what, maybe, maybe isn't it? Just my perception when the prices came out, 6.5 felt yeah, yeah. high for a player. Um, and so, but, but maybe, maybe they've priced him correctly and he will become an option. Forrester's fixtures, I know they've got Sheffield United, but longer term, they're not very good. No. They've got to go to United and Chelsea. Um, and then they've got Man City, I think, in the away match after that. So they're tough. But if he keeps on playing, if he can nail down that role, he's proved already he can, he can, yeah. he can be a reliable goal scorer. So why not? Yeah, yeah if he's the most consistent since... Um, uh, Dwight York. <laughs> Dwight York. Uh, I'm sure Jamie Vardy scored in in a variety of consecutive yeah, matches, think, though. So I think I might, did, I, might have that, yeah. I might have that wrong, but um, let's big up Dwight wow. York a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, perhaps anyone in the live chat knows, uh, please uh, please let us know. Um, okay, let's move on to our teams. So um, let's get your team up first. Uh, okay, so just uh, just remind people how you did in game week one, but also um, you know for the benefit of those listening. Uh, to the podcast version, the audio version, uh, please do read out your team and uh, uh, any decisions that you're facing. Yeah, so game week one, um, I got 79 points. The only changes to the team that you see here, I obviously started on Arna and goal over Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started Mark Gahey over Ben Chilwell, which I felt pretty smug about on Saturday night when mm-hmm. Gahey had got six points. Mm-hmm. That soon turned into fear when I was covering the match and Shilwell scored the goal, which was then ruled out. Fortunately, it only worked out in a, in a one-point swing. But, um, yeah, so the team for, for game week two, though, is um, I've currently got Matt Turner in goal. 
Um, he plays Sheffield United on Friday night, so a really nice fixture for him. Um, Saliba, Estupinan and Chilwell mm. in defence. Five across midfield, which will become a theme this year. Saka, Umbuemo, Odegaard, Fernandes and Rashford. And then up front, I've got Jackson and Captain Haaland. Uh, the benches, Onana, Badogi, who I thought looked really good at the weekend. Um, Gahey and Archer as well. Okay. Yeah, so, um, looks strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so, wouldn't you, after playing essentially a wild card last week, I suppose, setting up your team for a few weeks. So, yeah, it, it looks good. A lot of away fixtures, but that that's just the way it's fallen. I think the obvious thing to do in, in game week two is to save a transfer, but I did have a look at the team, and it looks very well set up for game week three as well. Yeah. So... Does two free transfers really help me in, in game week three? And maybe it doesn't. So I haven't completely ruled out making a move mm. this week. And I think if I was going to make a move, it would probably be Odegaard out um, and maybe to a Liverpool midfielder if I wanted to get Punty. Yeah. Um, or, or Gibbs White if I wanted to kind of target. Sorry, how much have you got in the bank again for this? Got got nothing, but Odegaard's eight point five, eight point five. So I can drop down, and it's, it's quite flexible. Yeah. I, I do wonder if I'm being a bit rash with Odegaard selling him though, because he, um, I think he had three shots at the weekend. He tended to perform better in away games last mm-hmm. year, and I do wonder at Palace if Arteta will go, revert to Partey and Rice in midfield, mm. freeing up Odegaard to maybe impact the game a little bit further forward in an away match than whether if it would be maybe Havertz as one of the left eights or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit unsure about that at the moment. If I did hold, which I probably is the likeliest saving a transfer, if I do do that, then in game week three, I'll obviously be looking at a Spurs player if they go to Bournemouth, so yeah. maybe Madison, yeah. something like that, um, or maybe even Eze, something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, not quite sure yet. I think it's probably likely that I'll save, but not ruling out a, a shorter-term midfield move. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm similar with game week three. A lot of my players have a good fixture then, so I, I, I don't mm. know if I will use two, barring injuries. I might be forced into that. Um, mm. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at that, perhaps making a transfer maybe game week two maybe game week three and and sort of going into game week forward two and seeing where you go with there yeah. and 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 yeah. so on but you're already well set up for game week three and game week two with with jackson and Chilwell. um yeah so you've got that yeah. double chelsea already which is these are the players that everyone well already chill gone up in price already they're moving yes. to Jack, yeah was, and i suppose um sorry Joe. yeah so i suppose yeah. that um I went with Jackson over somebody like Jao Pedro who had that initial better fixture. So I've got to use that to my advantage now. So maybe making a transfer in game week two when other people without Chelsea assets don't make move. Maybe that, yeah, that will that's be good for me. Yeah, maybe. And, and game week three, um, I don't even, like, Adogi goes to Bournemouth. I don't even think he can get in the team in game week three because all of the three defenders there have really good home fixtures. So, yeah, I don't really need two free transfers. So if I think I can get an edge and I can get a Gibbs White in or take a mm. punt on a Jota yeah. or a Luis Diaz for one week, then, then maybe maybe I might consider that on well, Friday. Well, that's 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 a very you move. Um, way mm. back when we did yeah. our Meet the Manager video many years ago, yeah. that was the key takeaway from your one, is the fourth yeah. midfielder. Well, in this case, we've got five, but use, yeah. use a midfield slot 
to take those punts to to move around yeah. uh you know based on form and, and fixtures so yeah you can get jota and if jota doesn't <clears throat> start gets 20 30 minutes against tired bournemouth legs um yeah, that, that gives me a bit more confidence with this injury time rule. It maybe does make you feel a little bit more comfortable with these puntier moves, knowing that they might get an extra 10 minutes than what they're used to at the end. So, yeah, um, quite a bit to mull over, I suppose. Yeah, and, um, but, yeah, talking about it then, it, it maybe does make sense for me to make a transfer. Yeah. Okay. Before, before we move on my team, just remind everyone in the live chat, uh, we're going to have a quick uh, live Q&A at the end. So do do leave questions in the live chat while I'm talking about my team. Um, and while I possibly have a rant <laughs> about deadline. <laughs> um, and do leave your questions there and do put a question mark at the end. So that means I can easily see those questions there. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah, you've got Saliba in your team. So let's put my team up. Now, I don't have Saliba in my team. <laughs> so I'll read out the team quickly and then I'll go back to why Gabriel's there still. Um, so I, I too have got Turner and Anana, and Turner gets the nod at home against Sheffield United. I, I think that's a better option. I think Spurs are going to store. And I've got Madsen in my team. So I don't want mm. a defender against attacker. Uh, a Stupanan, Gabriel uh, and Chilwell uh, are my back line. And then I've got Madison, uh, who I'm absolutely delighted with. I think Madison and Chilwell are the on current evidence, very small sample, other players to own in terms of FPL. Um, yeah. Great value. Rashford, Fernandez, Fernandez, maybe on borrowed time. Um, I'm yeah. not sure I want double Manchester United attack anymore, uh, but we'll give it, let's give it a go. One, only one game week. Um, I've got Saka and Martinelli. Happy with those two. Uh, Haaland's my captain. Uh, Pedro, Jao Pedro's there against Wolves. Uh, and then on my bench as well, uh, keeping Anana companies, Henry, Archer and Bayer. And um, Henry, I'm very pleased with. Um, I think he's yeah, a real great. pick of the 4.5. And he is actually vying for a start away to Fulham against uh, Gabriel. So I might punish Gabriel uh, and put him on the bench uh, and play Henry because... Um, the, what's potentially stopping me is that Henry was part of a, was a wing back in a back five um, in a tougher game um, and then in this game which would be easy I suspect they'll go back to a back four so he'll be less attacking um, yeah it was great it was great though wasn't he it was he could have had two assists couldn't he um, yeah so, so Archer, Archer's there um, and Bayer I was very impressed with um, he was the highest scoring bonus point uh, system of outfield players at Burnley against Man City so uh, that really bodes well for bonus and so he's someone you can be rely on you can rely on to come in uh, you might might be needed at some point obviously misses a fixture because he plays Luton that fixture's postponed um, but I liked him he, he immediately in the Sky game he got uh, passing no tackle I think he got tackle. He, um, yeah, he had. Um, he made more tackles. Yeah. I think interceptions and clearances yeah. than any other Burnley yeah. player. So, um, yeah, yeah, he came off with. He came off on seventy three. I think he had a bit of cramp, but he should yeah. be fine for the next game. So, so, so all right, I'm going to explain what happened to me on deadline then, because this will happen to a lot of people. Um, so, I I got the news whilst I was. Um, going out to buy some rice for my for our dinner um, because we didn't get any, and then so I got got and and as I was going towards the corner shop, uh, I looked at my phone and I saw lots of people saying Stones and Diaz out. I had Stones in my side starting, so I immediately moved Chilwell to start and Stones on the bench. 
Now, as I was walking away from the corner shop, I started to think about that. And I thought, bear in mind, this was happening at six o'clock and deadline was 6.30. I thought, no, I don't want, I, I, this, is, this is my life with Man City defenders. And I don't want that. Will they start oh. when they start? So I want, who is, who, who is a player I really want who's, uh, and rely on as a first sub? And I did originally have Pinnock because Henry was carrying a slight knock. Um, but Henry yeah. would would have been my chop choice. It, so I was umming on between Henry and Botman, and I thought Henry is just a player I like, relied on a lot last season. So I went for him. And then, so I got back, I was then cooking said rice at 6.25, on account of the fact that I've got a life and I've got kids and and I'm a, I'm a, a man of the times who's able to cook. <laughs> and so I was cooking the rice, and then... I had my phone next to the cooker and then I saw another alert coming up at 6.25. No, it was even later yeah. I saw it, 6.26, that um, uh, Gabrielle was going to be benched for the next day. So I thought, right, okay, what everyone would have thought, right, Gabrielle Saliba is pretty 50-50 anyway. I'll move Saliba. Go on to the, uh, the site. No, can't get in. Yeah. So it's all crashed because everyone's trying to get rid of Gabriel. And uh, so I couldn't do that. So I'm stuck with him uh, there and he got one point. And going forward, because we might get questions about Gabriel. If he, this was the first match in 73, the first match in two years he was uh, benched. It was for tactical reasons, no injury, no illness. Arteta has said he's going to switch it all around every game. So I think Gabriel will start start against Crystal Palace. I think he will go back into that defence. But yeah. every match now, I'll be thinking, what is Arteta going to do? And I've got yeah. a second guess the tactics, a bit like with Pep. And I'm going to think no, and I'm and I and I don't want that. Uh, I've got one. I've got one point five million in the bank now, so I'm seriously looking at. And even this week, Gabriel to James, Reese James taking a punt on the injury prone Reese James getting a bit ahead with Chelsea. Um, he could, I'm, I think he really is on penalties. I can't think of another penalty taker um, but since he's captain. He's captain. He was second. Mm. He was second penalty to, to um, I can't remember who it was now, but he was second um, to Jorginho. Havertz or something. Oh, Jorginho and yeah. Havertz, I think, was on him a bit, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's quite an interesting one, the penalties. I mean, I saw some people say Enzo Fernandez could potentially take up, but we just don't know at the moment. Yeah. But um, as the captain, yeah. maybe uh, James will have the deciding vote. Yeah, so, but so, so deadline-wise, mm. what, what annoys me about that is the the deadline is an hour and a half before so uh, having the deadline exactly when or of one minute four or five minutes before kickoff is when you've got the team sheets so everyone can look at the team sheets there's a level playing field you can all look at the team sheets and that would have helped with the stones and diaz owners they would have got that rather than rather than perhaps scrabbling around with is this is this rumor true or not Gabrielle, that's a, that's that's unusual. That's a bit of a freak getting that information. But six twenty-five, so it was um, uh, Andy, a very popular uh, YouTuber, uh, who revealed it at six twenty-five. Now I, I know Andy would have revealed it as soon as he got it because he's he's a he's a good content creator. He's a good reporter. He gets the he gets the news. He sends it to 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 his audience. But it's perhaps the person that gave him that information. Who gives information at 6.25 unless they want to create a bit of 
chaos. So I think perhaps his source needs to take a good look at themselves um, about that. But in the meantime, that whole situation would have been solved, particularly for the Man City defenders, have the, have it, have the, kick, have the deadline a kickoff. There you go, level playing field. And then people going, oh, but it's a global game. What about people around the world? Well, we've got some people around the world in our live chat, so I would love to hear what you've got to say about this. We've got Australia, Nigeria, I've already seen in the chat here. So yeah, I can only think of myself. So you've already at a disadvantage. So it's four in the morning, wherever you are in the world, when the current deadline, an hour and a half before kickoff. And so just before that, say it's, say it's four o'clock deadline, 3.55 in the morning, you're scrabbling around with rumours and stuff, or you're asleep and you miss it, or, or you wake up and you're scrabbling around with rumours, do you go with this or not? Or do you, if, if you're a committed FPL manager, just set your alarm, look at the team sheet, right, they're in, they're out, make that decision, go back to bed. That would be much easier. I could easily sleep after that decision rather than like, oh my God, I'm getting this rumour at five minutes to go. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can totally see... That, that it's a global audience, but you need to create that level play, playing field where you give everyone the opportunity to have hard and fast, accurate information rather than scrabbling around with f for five minutes with a rumor. And it must be better for the site as well. See, this site holds up really well. With 11 million people playing at times. It's six or seven at the, at the moment. Um, but it, it didn't work for me when I was trying to move Gabriel to Saliba because you've got millions of people trying to do it. Um, oh. trying to scrabble around with that last minute move. And then people say, oh, well, you know, this, such and such a content creator deadline stream doesn't have millions. You add it all up. You add up all the people who follow that rumor quick on Twitter or now X. And, and, and that builds up and up. And so, you know, yeah. we have to accept there will be leaks and it's a global game. What is the best way of doing it? I mean, that's, that's my rant. What do you think? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree, John. I think FPL has, has changed now. And um, the hour leading up to deadline is a key time now as an engaged FPL manager. You have to put aside that time at the moment because I think there was an incident where I got caught out last year when um, it was Saka, I think, and uh, yeah. it got revealed on yes. a similar deadline stream that he wasn't. And I didn't get that. I was out busy with the family doing stuff. And then, you, you know, the you get held back by that. So if we're all going to be online anyway in that hour leading up to the deadline, why not just shift the yeah, deadlines exactly. before the game? Um, the people who are in other mm. parts of the world will log on like they have to anyway now, but yeah. it's reliable information. It's coming from direct from the club. We yeah. know where we stand with it. The Gabrielle thing is odd because that came out the timing, like you said, Joe. This wasn't the Friday night game. This was the Saturday lunchtime game. The only way to get around that is to do it for 24 hours. I don't before. I don't think that's necessary because I don't think this will happen that much. Had that news come out five minutes later, it wouldn't have been relevant at all. It would have been too late. Um, so, but I, but I agree. I think that I think that we could push it back till the kickoff of the yeah. first game, and. Um, yeah, at least the, the, the people in other parts of the world can log on. They can get it done in five minutes instead of and, and check the lineup, make your transfers done instead of now, where it feels like you've got to be on Twitter because you can't watch all of these streams. Yeah. I think I think Focal's kind of released info before yeah. and other YouTubers and things like that. And and, and so it's um yeah it's it, it feels like you've got to be so 
monitoring so many sources to get potentially you might not even get it one nugget of information which is relevant to your team which yeah. is ridiculous yeah i mean i mean you can you can change it and wish you hadn't because the player you transferred out might come on as a sub and score yeah. but uh, but also you know the, the likes of fpl focal um Andy, other ones as well, Harry as well. These, these are all, you know, they get like some mega views sometimes, particularly on their deadline streams. And they, um, that will attract more people in the know, people within the football industry who will then be their sources. And, you know, it's not right mm. for us to reveal uh, those sources. Um, but I think those sources who are coming, who are only revealing this information... That Gabriel information, 6.25 on a Friday, I mean, that's, that's someone having a laugh, basically. Uh, they want to create chaos. They might have had, if they've had that information at 6, they could, should, have, should have passed it on to Andy then. Um, or they might have had that information a bit later, 8 in the evening, in case deadline's gone, you can't do anything about it. Um, there's, be, there's been a few people from around the world um, with uh, different views about this um, that have been... Um, in the uh, live chat. Um, so, um, yeah, a Andrew Griffiths uh, says uh, he's from New Zealand. I don't like the deadline as some people get advantage. Um, so I'm assuming, I don't know whether he's thinking about the deadline where we get to see the team sheets, but currently, obviously, if you're in New Zealand and see people are getting um, gossip um, and, and leaks five minutes before everyone else, um, then those that are asleep in New Zealand, then that's unfair. So I presume he's talking about that. Um, Nihau from Ca from Canada, he would prefer the deadline five minutes to kick off, level playing field and lesser site crashes. Exactly the point I made yeah. there. And I've had a few people, I think um, uh, uh, Josh from Always Cheating was making the same point. He's based in New York um, and, and, and same thing. You'd much prefer it um getting a, a kickoff it happens in other games and it happens in other formats as well of of um premier league but it also happens in things like nfl etc etc those who play fantasy games there more information's good you can you act on definite information they uh. fpl move the deadline they're aware of the problem with the leaks and move the deadline half an hour before but that hasn't done anything that that's it's almost quite a naive way of looking at it to assume that that'll stop the leaks. It doesn't. It just puts the, the leaks just come out really? half an hour earlier. But the way to yeah. stop the leaks is to just put the team sheets out and you can all make your decisions. And or you're all yeah. making your decisions, making moves within that hour rather than within five minutes or two minutes. So that presumably, I mean, I'm no tech expert. That's got to help. But anyways, I mean, it's something to consider because it's, you know, it's a game we all, we all love. We all, and, and it's very frustrating when, yeah, you put all this time into it, and then suddenly someone gets an advantage because they hear a piece of gossip at a particular time. But yeah, it's you know something yeah. to consider. I'm, I'm I'm glad that the um the swing wasn't as bad. I mean, I I managed to get the transfer through at six twenty five, but I'm glad that because it looked like when they were going to get a clean sheet and Silva was going to get maximum bonus, it looked like it was going to be an eleven point swing, and I was kind of glad it only <laughs> turned out being four yeah. because it's not fair. It's not fair on people who were trying to make that. Even if you did get that information, like you do, you couldn't you couldn't process it and get it through. And um, yeah, so yeah, I think um, I just hope that we don't have to because they're not going to change it this season. I'm no. sure now. I just hope that we don't get 
too many of these huge kind of decisions oh. which really well, do impact cats well, and seeing things I, like I, that. I and get my crystal magic crystal ball out and tell you it's going to happen every single week because the football mm. industry is big, the media around yeah. it's big. They will all leak, and the, we will be getting mm. these leaks. And some of them will think, "Ha ha ha! I'll do it at five minutes uh, too," and that's no good for anyone. Uh, but I mean, I suppose looking at the obviously this week, Forest against Sheffield United is first up. Not as much interest, but the following week, it's Chelsea Luton uh, first up. A couple of weeks after that, it's Liverpool Wolves in yeah. the first kickoff. But People you, are going to be absolutely, are going to be so keen on getting You say that, that but you, you, myself, and I've seen a number of teams with Turner starting, say Turner's got mm. an injury and that's leaked out. Yeah. Then that's going to be, or, or, um, I don't know. So, so something like that, you know, mm. you know, or perhaps you've got, uh, you know, Gibbs White, or perhaps you have taken a, a punt on a one year, um, and but they're they're not injured or saying that they're starting. You know, these leaks will happen, and every every match is important, and it'd just be a good way to to end it. And um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, um, let's have a look at your questions. So do get some more um, questions in the live chat um, and uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll track back and uh, see if we can get any. Um, oh, okay. Um, uh, right, okay. Rujan asks, guys, should I start Gabriel? So I'm in that position and I'm also considering that as well. What would you do if you still had Gabriel? You couldn't get to your computer to get Saliba in, in time. I think he comes back in. I think that Timber looks like he's got a knee injury and i think that they'll they'll need um i think that they they could well need gabriella at selhurst park in which is going to be a really tricky yeah. game for arsenal i think mm -hmm. i don't think this is straightforward so i see him coming back in but longer term there's going to be that doubt in your mind isn't there like you say joe when they have fulham at home mm -hmm. the next week you don't you want gabriel playing in that is he, is he going to be super nailed to start that? And so you might think, yeah, I think he plays against Palace, but mm. you might want to grab, you might want to move him on. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that's a terrible move no. if you do that, because there is that uncertainty there. So mm. I think it's fine the, to play, I think. Yeah. But, I think the uh, likely thing I'm going to do, because I do like Henry and I think he is a good option, um, but I do think he'll be in back four and on a back five against Fulham and I don't know I just don't know with Fulham I don't know whether Henry will get a clean sheet or not but I think Gabriel will play and possibly more chance of a clean sheet and um but yeah long term I would be moving him if you don't have Chilwell that's a, that's a good one yeah. Stupian uh Reece James yeah. um Henry even uh Botman uh for Newcastle there's a range of options from game week three or four um Obviously, a Spurs uh, defender as well. Um, uh, FPL Gem, similar question. Would you would you start Colwell over Gabriel for game week two? So he's like, a bit like me. He's got a bench player to play. I, mean, I don't know. I think I think I've got to. I would give Gabriel one more week, but he's he's got he's got to go really long term. Yeah, not not a bad fixture for Colwell though against West Ham. I mean it. Obviously, Rice has gone. Paqueta, the move might have gone through to Man City by that point. They've signed Ward-Prowse this week. They've signed Alvarez. But I do think the West Ham look a bit weak up front at the moment. I know Bowen, Bowen got the goal of the weekend, but Antonio and Ings and Obama, I don't know. I don't think that's a, 
I think you, I think you probably want one of the wing backs from Chelsea playing, and I don't think they, I don't. It's maybe not quite a good enough fixture to double up on it. But it's, if you just own Colwell, it's not a terrible fixture to play him. Mm. Uh, just a, another one from Rujan. Uh, I've got over to you on this one. Thoughts on Jackson? Well, I mean, you've already said. I mean, he's in your team. Um, you're, you're happy. Yeah. With him. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Okay. I mean, he, he missed some good chances at the weekend, but generally his overall play I thought was good. I think um, he looks nailed to start short term in that team with Nkunku out. And I think the fixtures are great. And I think Luton Forest back to back in three and four, I personally wouldn't want to be going into those fixtures without without Jackson for those, which is why I got him in. So, um, yeah, I think he's a great option. Uh, Rory, thoughts on Henry as a cheap defender? Well, he's in my team. And when I yeah. was walking back from the corner shop buying some rice, um, who, and I thought of someone to go in. Henry was my top choice. So there you go. There's my yeah. answer to that. I think it's 4.5 okay. defenders go. He's got to be up, got to be up there as the top choice or one of. Um, uh, I have Salah, says Tom Meany. Uh, thoughts on a second Liverpool attacker? For, ooh, flush. <laughs> this is, a, well, Tom, you, you're, you're, you, you've got a, a luxury week ahead of you. Uh, thoughts on a second Liverpool attacker? Uh, which one? If you've already got Salah as well, which one would you go for? I think I like Jota the most, but there's absolutely no guarantee plays this week. And I can't, you know, Darwin could quite, this feels like a Darwin fixture to start. Mm. So you, you say he's going to be through the middle. So then it's either Jota or Luis Diaz out on the left wing. It's very hard to call. Mm. They've got Newcastle away the week after. Mm. Of course, this could pay off big time having two attackers. I personally, if I had Salah, I would just say, fine, I'm going to captain and I might leave it at that, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, um, it's just so hard to call. Um, uh, uh, Soldier Boy uh, asks, um, he, he needs to start two out of James Shaw, Saliba and Havertz. Um, I would say start James and Saliba. And no, James and Havertz. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I, I find a way same. to play three yeah. of them. James, Saliba and Havertz. Shaw is benchable. I think Spurs yeah, I think, I think they can see it. Yeah, I think they can see it in that. I think um, I, I actually don't, you know, this isn't a bad fixture for Arsenal away at Palace, but Palace, are, you know, they, they look <laughs> all right at the moment. They've got yeah. a lot of creativity in that team. Yeah. If they can get Edward Fire in, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they score. So I'd be tempted to go for the attacker and um, hope that maybe in this fixture, they, they revert Havertz to that central, central yeah. striker role, which I think they could do. Yeah. Um, I don't think Nketiah will start this one. So, yeah, I'd play Havertz, I think. Uh, Barry asks, are James and Chilwell essential for the next few game weeks? Well, no one's essential. I think Chilwell is getting near that, though. Um, he's a very <laughs> yeah. good player to own. Um, he was playing on left wing. Um, I think it was Colwell was playing as a sort of on the left of the defence. And um, yeah. so Chilwa was was playing out of position as a winger. That could happen quite frequently. Uh, James could be on penalties. Um, also, th- this will be interesting because you have said this, Tom, and I think it as well. Our front seven, you wouldn't want to drop for game week three, or or even this week. They're all they're all they're all good players to have, and they've all got good great fixtures game week three. Yeah. So so when you're looking to make a move. The only place I can see myself making a move is to address a weak link. In my case, Gabriel, yeah. and he might have another defender. So I think James and Chilwell is it's a pretty good 
Defend, uh, bearing in mind, yeah. you're probably only going to get a couple of weeks out of Rich James. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take advantage while you can. But yeah, that double up for Luton Forest Bournemouth looks great. I don't know if this tactic that they used on Sunday against Liverpool will be the go-to system. It sounded like Chilwell was playing that role and moving inside into a bit more central areas when Liverpool had the ball to combat Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. But regardless, we saw it in pre-season. They played a, a, a back four in the pre-season. Chilwell and James, was well, especially Chilwell, was still getting really yeah. far forward. Yeah. So I think I think they're great options. Yeah. I mean, I... Pochettino. Pochettino has a good history with fullbacks. So I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. It's a move I want to make anyway. So I'm tempted to just do it anyway. Because Gabriel, I don't. I can't 100% say he's going to start against Palace now. We can't say that. No. You could have said that before. Um, Lennox has, has got has, has spread the cash around. He's, he has to bench one of Mbomo, Watkins or Pedro or even Bruno Fernandes. That's tough. <laughs> None? Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, who was the first option, Joe? Bomo. Oh God! So you've got three <laughs> penalty taker, four penalty takers. Yeah. <laughs> that, normally, I say cope with the guy who isn't taking a penalty, but I can't even do um, that. In this instance. I I wouldn't um, bench Watkins against Everton. I wouldn't bench no. Pedro against Wolves, and I wouldn't bench Bomo against Fulham, and I wouldn't press uh, uh, Bruno on penalties against Spurs, who looked like they could potentially be lucky. If I had to bench one and I had a gun to my head, yeah. I would actually bench Joe Pedro, but I would not feel comfortable about no. it at all. No, that's uh, that's based uh, based on price as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, I think um, I think Lennox. Try have a look at the rest of your your squad and see if there's someone else yeah. who's not on penalties you can bench. Um, yeah. um, okay, we've got loads of questions. We're running out of time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do two or three more. Um, and so apologies to those I couldn't, we couldn't get to. Um, would you start uh, V V two for reality? Asks. Would you start Anana for game week two as Manchester United will be facing Tottenham? It will be a tough game. Well, both of us we can give you that quick. Well, we'll just move on because we both got Anana and and uh, you've got Anana, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we're both playing Turner. <laughs> Matt Turner from Nottingham Forest. So there is your, there is your answer. Um, it's um, if you had somebody like um, Ariola or something like that, I might be tempted to play Onana over him because yeah. he plays Chelsea. But if you've got Turner as that backup, which a lot yeah. of people have, I think yeah. it makes sense to play him this week. Um, FPL Cancha, no one likes Richarlison at nine. Do you like Richarlison at nine? Yeah, I think. Uh, look, he wasn't. He didn't play well. I say he didn't play well. I don't think Spurs helped him out much of the weekend. Um, Andrew Postecoglou said after that they weren't playing the type of balls which Richarlison thrives on. They didn't make it easy for no. him. But that's this is a new system and he's still getting used to it. If he's playing as that number nine role regularly for Spurs, he's going to do absolutely fine. And I, I'm looking at him still. I think Madison, it's 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 kind of you know it's Madison now. He's he's taken all the limelight, hasn't he? And deservedly so. But Richarlison, I don't think you should rule him out yet because I think he will have probably a superior goal threat to Madison. I think that's fair to say, isn't it, playing yeah. at number nine? Yeah. Madison is a great option, don't get me wrong. But Richarlison, I don't think we should just suddenly no. say, let's not talk about him anymore. You no, won't no. become an option. No, I, th I think Madison is a better FPL option, though, because yeah. Madison all has round. the goals and he's yeah. on all the set pieces. He's uh, vice-captain. Um, yeah penalties are still up for grabs we still don't know yeah could which, be either one of them couldn't which it? Son? it's going to be a or song. song it's going to be mm. son mm. madison 
or Richarlison. It's going to be a son somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's going to be on penalties. Um, so, and I think he, I, I, I just watching the game, it's just, he's involved. He will be involved. Oh, so yeah. if Richarlison yeah. gets a hat-trick, Madison will probably get a hat-trick of assists. Yeah, and then he does so well for bonus yeah. when he does, as soon as he gets that attacking return because of his, yeah. he touches the ball so much, he creates he creates six chances at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, okay. Madison, great option, but don't yeah. write off Richarlison. And 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 final question, uh, John K, who asked, what kind of rice did you end up getting, Joe? It was basmati. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. Um, and uh, let's hope let's hope our deadline and everyone else's deadline is, is a bit less stress free yeah <laughs> um, it didn't help last week with this finalising our game week one yeah, teams yeah, either did it no, so um, no. that didn't help this week should be calmer yeah yeah. Um, we've got we've got less obviously you know effectively like a wild card in it game week one so um, yeah. hopefully it should be calmer Tom good luck with your game week good luck everyone else um, sure. we'll see you next week it'll be goals imminent back I guess because we're all going to captain Harland Um or maybe not, um, but we'll we'll discuss that somewhere in there. But I imagine it'll be goals imminent, Bex. And so we'll uh, while while those tables still percolate, we will have a look. At, we'll we'll come up with something to look at low owned gems. So I'll, I'll have a look at um, uh, the, the the content and uh, then ahead of that. So um, see you then. Um, remember to like, remember to subscribe, remember to keep watching and listening to all the uh, content on Fantasy Football Scout and all our videos and uh, podcasts. See you soon. Thanks, John.